یہ انٹرنیشنل گیم ہے اس میں دماغ سے کھیلا جاتا ہے غصے سے نہیں Hello everybody and welcome to episode 17 of Hoop Darshan. Hoop Darshan! We are, we are here in episode number 17, that's jersey number, you know who it is, Karan? Number 17? Uh, no, please do refresh me. Uh, he's famous for having the most ridiculous hot stretch ever in the NBA's history. The most ridiculous hot stretch ever in the NBA's history. Are we talking about Jamal Crawford maybe? No. I'm not really It's- sure. It, it was Linsane. Oh, Linsanity, of course, in New York. Yes, yeah. he was number 17. Yes. Yeah, and that, that, that's the only uh, Jeremy Lin we need to remember. We only need to remember the New York Jeremy Lin. Yeah, is, is, there, is there anybody else? I'm trying to forget last season, by the way. <laughs> hey, it, it doesn't matter. That's all. He's, those two weeks in, in a Knicks number 17 jersey is all that matters. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> We have a very subtle connection to Jeremy Lin in, uh, on, on the theme of this episode, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, just a heads up to those who are listening to this episode. As of recording, this is, it's the 13th of September, and we are in the thick of international tournaments. We have... Um, FIBA Americas just finished today, I think with Venezuela of all teams winning. They beat Argentina and qualified to the Olympics for the first time in like 20-something years. That's unbelievable and without an NBA player on their team. That makes it even uh, even more crazy, beating Canada and Argentina on their way to getting there. Uh, we have ended with Afrobasket as well and we are right in the middle of Um, Eurobasket and Asia Basket is coming up, so it's, 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 it's all happening in the world of international basketball, isn't it, Karan? Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, this is the one part of the NBA offseason that I do love, actually, is, is the fact that there are these international basketball events. And if it wasn't for that, you know, the, the odd year, uh, years in recent years mm-hmm. have been very depressing because there has been literally no basketball. But the even years, or no, actually, I'm getting it wrong. Yep. Excuse me. <laughs> the odd years are the good ones. The even years have been have been up and down. Although the FIBA uh, World Cup was last year, so yes, that's right. There's always something. There's always something every summer. Basketball does not stop. Absolutely, absolutely. And when basketball does stop, you'll have ridiculous articles on Grantland, like power ranking of all the NBA logos. Which ones? Will <laughs> power ranking of mascots. Shout out to shout out to Zach Lowe. <laughs> yes, shout out to Zach Lowe. Only the greatest NBA writer ever. Sorry, Karan. <laughs> Uh, sure. So let's let's talk about um, international basketball while we're at it, and this is not good news right now. Uh, it is unfortunately the recap of the women's ABC that just finished with uh, India getting relegated to level two, and uh, nothing else matters because we, that was a that was a terrible tournament for us. But uh, Karan, what's your recap of the women's ABC? Well, yeah, we are. Uh... Chiefly and primarily an Indian basketball podcast and, you know, we, we are the finest at what we do and sometimes being, sometimes doing what we do is kind of depressing and <laughs> so, which is re- reporting the news of bad losses. Uh, we did really badly, our FIBA Asia women's team, the, the, the luck of Wuhan did not continue with the women's uh, championship. Yeah, that was a uh, terrible lo- That was a terrible storyline. The luck. Hey, I, I I secretly hope uh, we didn't jinx it, or you know, Coach Garcia didn't go and have those Ragan Mian noodles a bit too early and upset his stomach. You know, yeah. you know, it all it all may come around. I'm I'm taking credit slash blame for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, we did really badly. We lost all our games. We lost them pretty badly. Um, we lost to the one uh, easier team in level one, which is Thailand. And then we lost in the level one, level two playoffs, which means that now we are in level two of the of the tournament. And the team we lost to is the Philippines. Um, so yeah, it's it has not been a good couple of weeks for the women's national team. Yeah, and this is uh, not not the greatest of news, I think, because the next FIBA Asia will also have uh, Australia and New Zealand in it. It's not good news for our chances to get back into level one if if the same format retains, of course. Yeah, we'll we'll see about that. But um, uh, and the other other news is that Coach Francisco Garcia for the second time has now left India. Um, 
he, he his contract finished at the end of the fee by women's abc and so for now as far as i'm aware there's no no successor has been named yet we'll see we'll see what happens as as time goes on karan you really expected a successor to be named like <laughs> this early <laughs> well i've been asked this question uh, straight away like the moment i i i told people that that he's leaving a lot of people ask me who the successor is so i'm just letting that out there as far as i'm aware a successor has not yet been named yes and bfi seems to have a lot of other shit to solve before getting to these kind of things as always the players come yes. last <laughs> yes yes <laughs> but yeah that is the unfortunate situation but we are, we will not harp on that too much this time because we have another big tournament to focus on and um, we have a special guest to discuss that tournament so i'll i'll let you introduce him karan well yeah the now that the women's abc is over this month in about 10 days the men's fiba asia basketball championship is about to begin and if you are into asian hoops this is the biggest event it happens every 2 years uh the best of the best of the asian teams show up and india is of course also going to be there um so yeah i'm i'm excited to introduce to you guys our our guest for today is enzo flozo uh he's the man behind hoopnut.com and which is really the most consistent source of asian basketball news and opinion uh that you could find um so basically I've, i did a little bit of stalking over the last half an hour and i found out and so that you're from quezon city and uh, you've written yes, for that's true for the rappler the pba inquirer and you have an excellent column yep. on fiba asia called asia on my mind uh i think you yes, made several tv appearances in the philippines and you may be a bit of a celebrity <laughs> there so oh no i apart <laughs> from that okay. I, i've been on tv a couple of times yeah but i'm not a celebrity by any by any stretch Uh, so so, so like how, how, how must your your how, how how has my stalking work been so far is it uh, am i on point do we make any mistakes here <laughs> yeah yeah it's on point so far i'd be surprised if you uncover like my past girlfriends and stuff but <laughs> we're saving that for the next so we're saving that for the next episode they'll be <laughs> they'll, when we when we review the fiba asia championship we'll review your, your past girlfriends as well don't worry <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, um and so tell tell me a little bit about um your sort of pro basketball covering uh sort of history. Like how did you get into it? What got you this far? Okay, well, like a lot of Filipinos, uh I'm a big basketball fan. I mean, I've been a, a fan of the the game since I was a kid um used to watch it on TV in in the arenas live and all those things. Um what really got me um what really deepened my passion for the game I guess was watching, you know, watching the Philippine national team back in the 1990s um getting repeatedly blown out, beaten by by teams like China and Korea. and all those teams so um that 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 got me um really interested in covering in you know covering asian basketball and it all formally be, it all began as a as a hobby back in the 90s writing you know scribbling stuff on my notebook in school um and all those things and it already started getting serious i guess back in 2011 when as i was doing my master's degree uh in education because i'm a teacher also here in manila um as i was going through my master's degree uh coursework i just thought of starting a blog and writing about you know the different teams in the philippines i started with uh, the team of uh, of my college my university i wrote about them that eventually just branched out and ballooned into wider things i started writing about um the PBA and then eventually of course uh FIBA Asia and the blog just opened several opportunities to write for other other avenues other websites as well until you know it it reached uh, the point where I am right now uh writing for for FIBA um I feel uh, fortunate enough to to appear on television sometimes Woo-hoo! um and I get to talk about you know Woo-hoo! the game we all love <laughs> but there's no free san miguel beer that's my that's my oh, only damn it. um complaint yeah no free san miguel sponsorship yet <laughs> it, i mean i would i would either ask for that or a jollibee sponsorship that's what those oh, are my yeah, those be, are my two bigs be, 
That'd be awesome. <laughs> please, please I mean, elaborate what these things mean for the non-Pinoy tuned ear. Okay, Sandiga uh, <laughs> beer is, is like the number one beer in the Philippines, and a lot of Filipino fans love that brand because they also have a basketball team in the PBA, mm-hmm. and they actually because it's it's a big conglomerate, it's a big company. They actually own three PBA clubs or PBA teams. So Dude, I must own, say, uh, uh, Filipino Pinoy basketball team names are the best. Like, there nothing can match <laughs> the swag in those names. Like. I th- I I, th- I think there's the Burger King. Are you Whopper serious team. right now? <laughs> I'm serious, honestly. It, it, isn't there a team called the Whoppers or something Burger King related? Before, yes, that was uh, way back in 2009, I think. The Burger King Whoppers. I'm all yeah. about that. Wow, that's that, that's, that's, that's been better than such a healthy, one blue wave. <laughs> that, that's that's promoting such a healthy, healthy lifestyle. <laughs> does Jollibee have a team yet? Kashik, you gotta try oh. Jollibee. It's uh, it's. Jolli- Philippines never had, yeah. But a lot of people want them in the PBA because you know, obviously, they're one of the biggest companies in the country. Yeah, and they're yeah. branching out all over Asia and globally. They're trying to open restaurants left and right. But strangely enough, they, they've never, they've never really even even thought of opening a, or running a PBA team. And uh, it's really weird. A lot of people want them to, but up, up until you know, up, up, up till now, they haven't really. Um, explored that yet? Okay, so it's only a matter of time then, because Jollibee sounds like you know. It, what, how else can it be other than you know awesome? Jollibee is just such a brilliant name. It's it's just a happy ass bee. It's just like it's a bee that's yes, having the time of its that, life. That, that's literally the logo. Of it's a bee with a big smile on its face. <laughs> Oh, it's brilliant, brilliant. Uh, Enzo, this, um, officially, welcome to the Hoop Darshan podcast. It's great to have you here. Um, you, you mentioned about writing for FIBA and covering the FIBA Asia. So let's let's get right down to business. This podcast episode is specifically tuned to previewing the FIBA Asia. So I'm going to put you on the spot as a FIBA Asia expert. So let's let's talk about the FIBA Asia in general. So if if you were to Give me a list of a couple of things that you were really looking forward to this tournament. What would that be? Wow. Um, well, I'm looking forward to China, you know, playing a lot better than they did in 2013. Because mm. when the when the FIBA Asia Championships were held here in Manila, China just really played way below expectations. They finished outside of the top four for the first time, I think, since two, since 2007. And in 2007, they sent like the, when, when a young team in 2013, they sent their best team and they still finished outside the top four. So that's, that's really unheard of in their basketball history. So I'm expecting them to play a lot better at home as they tend to do so. The last time the tournament was held in China, of course, China won the whole thing. So that's something, you know, we should all keep, you know, keep our eyes peeled for. Um, also, to be quite honest, I want to see how many of the other teams have progressed. In particular, India. I think India has a good chance of, uh, of making the quarterfinals. Stop I, I it. hope I'm not. Stop I'm it. Not, <laughs> I'm not anything. No. <laughs> this is so false hope. <laughs> I'll explain it later. I think it's possible. Um, I'm also excited to see Palestine because it's their first time to join. Uh, I believe in history. Um, and there are a lot of good players on that team. There's one player on that team who played in the PBA uh, last season. Uh, of course, they have some pretty interesting uh, players who play in the States as well. So I want to see how how well they do. They're one of the big question marks, I think, in the tournament. Because you know, it's their first time to join. Um, and uh, Group D, uh, we're going to get to that later, I think. But Group D is one of the... Thing, one of the groups I really want to keep tabs on because that's a group of death. You have four really good teams, and only three of those teams are going to advance to the round, uh, you know, the second round. So that's one of the exciting things I'm, I'm looking forward to for the tournament. Yeah, yeah well, absolutely right. And so, in, so for for those people who are unaware, uh, the FIBA Asia follows a format where you have 16 teams from various regions of Asia that qualify that are put into four groups of four each and. Typically, the the last ranked team in that team is generally a is a whopper whopper boy to to put some 
Filipino names in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so basically, the top three teams get to beat those guys, and they they use it as practice to qualify for the main part of the tournament. But like you said, Group B indeed seems like a really crazy group. But let's let's get to that group by group. Um, I, well, yeah, I think I think Kaushik, we should we should go by um, we, we we should do our preview not by the power rankings, but by the by each group. That way, I think people get to know more in depth about. You know who's in Group A, etc. Who's in Group B? Yep, absolutely. Uh, so Group A contains uh, the defending champions, Iran, uh, powerhouse Japan. Um, unfortunately, on a downslide in that group is also our very own India, and <laughs> there's there's also Malaysia. So Enzo, what what is your opinion on this group? What do you see in in Iran? Do you think they're still as dominant as they were the last time out? Um, what do you think for Japan? And let's hear your extremely optimistic views about why you think India is going to do well this time. <laughs> okay, uh, well, this group, I think it's pretty easy to predict that uh, India, Iran, Japan, those three teams are going to be the ones that will advance from this group. Mm-hmm. Malaysia, what, based on what I've read, they're pretty confident. But to be quite honest, I don't think they have any chance <laughs> of, of beating any of the teams in this group. You know, um, I'm actually going to be in Malaysia during the FIBA Asia Championship. Like, one of my closest friends is a Malaysian guy. He's getting married. So, oh, so, okay, so, okay. so, so I'm hoping I'm there on the day. I'm hoping I'm there on the India-Malaysia game day. Uh, that, <laughs> and, and, and so that would be a good wedding gift I can take away from him if I beat them. <laughs> oh, that, that's a sure thing already, I think. <laughs> you guys are going to beat Malaysia. Um, so Iran is going to be very tough again, based on what I've seen in um, for the past couple of weeks, I saw them in the Jones Cup. Um, they were they were really dominant. Uh, that's a team that's just uh, they're intense throughout the whole game, no matter who the opponent is. And even if a lot of their key players are getting up in age, um, I mean, Hamid Hadadi, Samad Nikabarami, Mahdi Kamrani, all their main guys are in their early 30s already or mid 30s. Um, they can still play at a very high level and. The next generation is already part of the team. You got uh, several young guys who've come up from their youth teams and are part of the senior team, and uh, they've all fit well or fit quite well in the system. So I think Iran is, you know, as as expected, they're going to be very very tough to beat. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if they sweep uh, Group A, and maybe even the next the next round. It's very very tough to beat that team. Um, Japan and India, I think, will be the teams that will vie for for the second spot. And uh, I don't want to get your hopes up too much, but <laughs> but I honestly think that that you know when Japan and India meet, um, maybe it's going to be sixty forty in favor of Japan simply because they've had so much more experience uh, in, in international basketball. But um, I think it's it's not. Uh, a foregone thing that Japan's gonna gonna be second place in this group. There's a chance that India, you know, can can beat that team. Had had everything been ideal, had Scott Fleming stayed and all these things, um, I think India would. I, I'd pick India over Japan actually if that happened. But um, seeing as the there are many you know challenges that have been thrown the Indian team's way, um, I think there's a chance India can beat Japan, uh, but. If I were to put my money uh, on any team to be second place in this group, it'd be Japan by by a close margin, I think, over India. That that is the most positive thing I've heard about India. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and so the stuff you said about Iran, um, I totally agree with. Like they have been the last couple of years, I think they've kind of been on a very unstoppable streak. Uh, Hamid Hadadi just transforms into a beast when he feels like yeah. it. Like when he when he has those. Moments of motivation. He's he's unstoppable in in yeah. FIBA Asia tournaments, and they have this young swingman whose name I'm forgetting. You will definitely know. He's like this 18, 19 year old, year old who's supposed to be the next big thing for Iran. Uh, do you know yeah. who I'm talking about? I think you're talking about Mohammad Jamshidi. Mm. Uh, that's probably him. Um, he's he's the the heir apparent. That's to, what I've heard. Samadhi Kabarami. He's he's coming up, um, you know, in the, in the Iran basketball scene, and mm-hmm. he's definitely you know a guy to watch out for. If he were playing on any other national team, there's a good chance he's going to start for that team. But mm-hmm. because he's playing 
same position as Barami is for Iran. Mm-hmm. He's forced to come off the bench. But this guy is really good. And, you know, when he I mean, when he subs in for Barami, there's, there's no drop in production or skill or talent. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes Iran just such a tough team. Well, and I'll also add that... Um, I don't share your optimism for India's 60-40, but, but, I, but I would say it's 70-30, and, and, and I'll tell you why. It's a, it's a bit more technical reasoning for me. Uh, we've had all our drama, but our two best players, who are Amjot Singh and Amrit Pal Singh, have been playing in Japan for the last two or three months. Uh-huh. So, so they know now a little bit about how the Japanese play. Now, obviously, the, like the Japanese also now know how they play. So there's, it goes both ways. But I feel that like, they could really be game-changers if we are to upset Japan in that t- in that game. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I agree with that. I mean, in terms of size, I think India trumps Japan in that department, you know, by a mile. Uh, India has so many big guys or, you know, you have you have the Amrit Pal and Amjot. You have Rikin uh, as well. So many big guys who can just overpower the Japanese front line. The biggest guy for Japan is going to be Joji Takeuchi and this other guy, Atsuya Ota. Both are 6'9". But Takeuchi is the one that's really, uh, really, really good. Ota is just a big guy, but I wouldn't say he's very, very skilled. All the other guys for Japan are about six foot five or smaller, maybe. So in terms of size, I think India has an overwhelming advantage. And in terms of one-on-one matchups, I don't think anyone in Japan can stop Amjot if you know if Amjot mm-hmm. is is really keyed in, locked in, and he's he's having a good shooting day. I think. You know, he can take over that game. Shout out Amjot. Shout out to Amjot. And let's let's leave it. Uh, <laughs> let's leave Group A on the top, and that like the most positive thing we can. We're done with Group over. A now. Yeah. it's over. <laughs> let's, done. Next. <laughs> let's let's move on to Group B, and uh, and so I want to know if you share the same sort of optimism for your own country, Philippines. So the Group B is Philippines, Hong Kong, Kuwait, and Palestine. It seems like a reasonably easy group for the Philippines. Uh, but I do understand that from your tweets and a couple of articles that your country is not entirely in the best of positions either. And uh, there was, I believe, a, a slim chance that Jordan Clarkson, the shout out to my struggling Lakers, that he he <laughs> he might uh, suit up for the Philippines because of, uh, I think he has like a grandmom who was Filipino or something like that. Uh, so wh- why don't you give us the lowdown of Group B and what... Specifically, I'm more interested in what you think uh, are the chances for Philippines this this time up. Okay, well, I'll start with a, with a short thing about Clarkson. Um, a lot of people were really, a lot of people in the Philippines obviously were hoping that he could suit up for Gilas for the Philippines uh, this year, but obviously that's not going to happen. Enzo, uh, uh, hang on one minute. Um, um, I, yeah, nobody outside the Philippines gets why or what Gilas is. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I want to. I want to explain because it took me a fair while to to understand what it means, and I had to ask yeah. a lot of people. So I, I think the listeners of this podcast would really appreciate what that is. <laughs> okay, Gilas is basically uh, the nickname for the Philippine team. It was it was first used back in or as early as two thousand nine, I think. Um, and it's a Filipino word. Uh, I'm not. I, I have trouble finding an English equivalent. But when you when you have gilas, um, it means you you have a lot of swag. You have a lot of uh, confidence in yourself. Um, it, it's usually used as a compliment uh, to compliment uh, people who do well or who succeed. So it's a, it's a nickname of the team. Um, of course, internationally, it's simply known as the Philippine team. But for a lot of Filipinos, they refer to the team as Gilas. Well, so, do you know, so that's, that's Enzo, in, in, story in, that. in India and specifically in Punjab, a, a Gilas can also give you a lot of confidence because a Gilas is basically how we pronounce a glass of alcohol. <laughs> so, so oh, that. Wow, really? <laughs> well, it could be a glass oh, of anything, oh. but after a while, it becomes a Gilas. <laughs> oh, cool! Then that that matches the that matches. There was even a hit song called. Uh, Gilasi, uh, a hit Punjabi song about getting wasted over many glasses of alcohol. So, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> shout out to shout out to awesome uh, Punjabi lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, how about well, going back to Clarkson uh, again? A lot of people were hoping he could play. Um, of course, he's he's a legit NBA player, All Rookie First Team last season. 
So when news broke out that he could be eligible as a natural-born Filipino, obviously a lot of people got excited. Um, sadly, it just couldn't happen. Um, if, he have, if he were cleared, then that would have been awesome for the team. Uh, he would have definitely um, raised the chances of, of the Philippine team. Um, having said that, um, in the current state, the Philippine team, I think, is still... Uh, pretty strong and they have a good chance of uh, finishing top three, top four in this tournament. Uh, I still think Iran is better than the Philippine team given how much experience Iran has and how solid that that team has been for the past you know, uh, eight, nine, even ten years, I think. Um, but the Philippine team, in terms of talent, definitely not lacking. Obviously, you have Andrea Blatch who's going to be the anchor for that team. Um, they have a lot of veterans coming back also from semi-retirement to, to play for the team. Uh, there's Asi Taulava, who's 42 years old. Wow. There's Don Don Hontiveros, who's like 38 years old. There's a guy named Sonny Thos, who's 33, 34 years old as well. So a lot of old guys in this team. But there are also a lot of new names that a lot of Asian fans, I think, um, will find uh, very interesting. In particular, um, two guys that we should all um, watch out for from the Philippine team are, are Calvin Abueva, who's nicknamed The Beast in the PBA. Nice. And you have Terrence Romeo. Um, Who doesn't need a nickname. Of, what a name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't need a nickname. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's uh, one of the upcoming stars uh, in the PBA. Uh, was one of the top scorers in the last season. Both guys play really exciting uh, basketball, so I think a lot of Asian basketball fans are going to like how these guys play. Um, I think the Philippines has a very good chance of finishing at the top of Group B. Um, I'm going to be very honest. Uh, it, it seems like it's the lightest group. I mean, you have mm-hmm. Hong Kong as the only team other than the Philippines that played in 2013 in the FIBA Asia Championships two years ago. Um, Palestine, first time ever joining the tournament. Kuwait, Missed the 2013. They also missed 2011. I think. I think the last time they played in the FIBA Asian Championship, I'm not, I'm not completely sure, but maybe 2009, maybe even before that. So um, the Philippines should do very well in this group. But like I said earlier, um, Palestine, I think, is a dark horse. Uh, these guys. One of the big reasons they were able to qualify to the FIBA Asian Championship is because. For the first time in a very long time, they have a really, really competitive, complete roster of players. Um, for the longest time, Palestine has had to rely on just one or two good guys. But now, they have there may be uh, seven, eight men deep in terms of really talented, skilled basketball players. So I'm excited to see you know how, how that's going to pan out uh, for them. In particular, I think two guys you have to watch out for. Are uh, Sani Sakakini, six foot eight, six foot nine, used to play in China. He was an import, I think, in Iran or Lebanon also this past year. Very, very good player. And of course, uh, Omar Krayem, one of their speedy, streaky guards who played in the PBA as an import, played also in, uh, I think, in Mexico, if I'm not mistaken, as an import last year. Uh, another very, very strong player. So this Palestine, this Palestine team. Then they can provide a good challenge for for the Philippines, I think. Maybe even Kuwait. If you know, if if, if the Filipinos underestimate Kuwait, uh, Kuwait might give them a good run for their money as well. But I think Hong Kong is probably going to be the team that's going to be uh, the odd man out here. I think they have the smallest chance of advancing to the next round from this group. Um, and so I should also mention that going back to the the Filipino uh, player names and their nicknames. You pretty much have the perfect name for to be a Filipino basketball star. Like that is such, <laughs> that is such a great name. Like I, yeah. if if you had told me that you know there's this up and coming guy, he's like speedy, he can he can you know hit the jumper from anywhere, uh, in from the parking lot down. And his name is Enzo Flozo. Man, I would buy that. I would buy that trading card. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. Well, thanks. I, I guess I'm flattered. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, don't, so, you guys, so, don't you guys have an up-and-coming player named Kobe as well? Oh, Kobe Paras. Well, yeah. Yes, that's true. That's true. Kobe Paras is one of our top under-18 guys right now. He's playing in California right now. And he's uh, he committed to 
the UCLA Bruins in the Division One of the NCAA in the States. So he's definitely one guy to watch in the future. And personally, I would have wanted him to be part of the national pool this hmm. year. Unfortunately, he couldn't be part of it because of his commitment to the States. Um, I think but we definitely know that. he's, you know, <laughs> yeah. In the, in the next cycle of, of FIBA Asia qualifying tournaments, he's he's going to be one of the main guys for the team, I, I expect. So, he's, so there, yeah, Kobe Barras for the future. He's so talented. Like, do, do you think, Enzo, he's got a uh, we'll go very brief tangent. Do you think he's got a real chance to make it to the NBA? I think, well, of all the youth players we have in the Philippines, he definitely has the biggest chance. Mm-hmm. Um because he's, you know, he's exposed to the scouts there, and he's really hyped up by a lot of people. He's going to play for a very popular big program, UCLA. He's going to play in Division One ball uh, in the states, so that's going to be very, very significant for his, uh, for for him. Um, but uh, given his current skill set, I think he still has a long way to go. Uh, it, it depends on how he progresses in college, whether he'll get a good shot or a good chance of making the NBA. Right now, he's of course, in high school, he dominates because he's like 6'6", can shoot from the outside, he jumps out of the gym like crazy. So as expected, he can dominate high school ball. But in college, so many other guys are going to have that same skill set. So he's got to diversify a little bit. He has to consistently shoot better from long range, be a better ball handler as well. When he was in the Philippines, he was taller than most guys his age. So he had to play center or power forward in his old school here. And so when he transferred to the States, he had to redefine his game. And I think he has to do something like that again when he gets to, you know, to the NCAA. So if he does that successfully, then maybe he increases his chances of making the NBA. But as is, he has a long way to go. Yeah, I, I think he's on the right track, though. He's named Kobe. He plays in California. <laughs> <laughs> That's what going for him. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, cool. so let, let's move on to Group C. Um, slightly... You know, a bit more of a powerhouse group. Not not as much as Group D maybe, but we've got South Korea, we've got China, the hosts, and I think uh, a Chinese team that is really raging to get back into the absolute elite of Asia after a couple of years down. Um, then there's also Jordan, who's um, who ha- on their day can be really good. And then there's, yes. there's Singapore, who is, who's the whooping boy for everybody in that group but uh, the Burger King Whoppers <laughs> yeah the, the Whopping boy yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Group C Enzo what, what, what's your take on who who finishes where because uh, that match between China and South Korea I think uh, I think it can be very interesting and of course like I'd like to hear your views about Jordan as well yeah um, I think this is a very wide open group actually uh, China I think has a slight advantage to you know to finish at the top of this group simply because they have so much size. They have four seven-footers on their team, and they're playing at home uh, where they tend to play much better. So I think they have a very good chance of finishing at the top. But, you know, like, Korea won gold medal in the Asian Games last year. Jordan, where they're complete, and, you know, they, they, have, they're, they can be a very good team as well. So those two teams can, you know, can pull the rug from under the Chinese, definitely. But if I were going to put my money on a team, that would be China. To, to finish at the top. Um, I mean, this team has been training since since late March, if I'm not mistaken. Um, like I said, they have four guys who stand seven, you know, seven, seven feet or higher. Um, they have a good coach. Um, they've they've been resting the past week or so because they've been playing so many um, tune-up games and tournaments the past couple of months. So they need to rest up. I think they're going to be healthy when their tournament begins in September 23. Um, and I think one reason why China has a slight edge over a team maybe like Korea is because Korea's team right now is in a state of a relative instability. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have read about the controversies surrounding the match um, fixing Korean basketball. Fixing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's affected two key guys in the national program. Um, they're one of their top young point guards, Kim Sun Hyung is not going to be with the team. He's he's facing investigation and if if proven guilty, he could have a lifetime ban actually from their professional and professional league and the national team. Same thing goes for uh, one of their iconic power forwards, uh, Ose Kun. He um, he also was named 
as a possible uh, suspect in, in, the, in the case of match fixing. So those two guys are very important guys for their national program. If proven guilty and they're banned, that's going to be a big blow to them. Also, you know, Hasung Jin, their seven foot three center who played a couple of games in the NBA, he's out of the team as well because he injured his hip. So all of a sudden, Korean team got a lot smaller. Got they got you know a lot younger, less experienced. So they're in a state of of, of flux and instability right now. Um, if they go into the tournament like this. They might even lose to to Jordan. They might not even make the quarterfinals. Um, it's 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 a bad time for Korea right now. But but because they're Korea, you know, um, they have a lot of talented players. They can still turn it around. But uh, they're gonna need you know lady luck to be on their side. Jordan, uh, I think, is a very dangerous team. Um, they had a two game uh, tune up series with Palestine. I think last week where they just blew out Palestine. They blew them out of the water, and they didn't even have you know their top two guys playing. That's uh, Sam Douglas and uh, Zaid Abbas. Uh, they're both reportedly um, in another country training, so they're going to rejoin the team when the team arrives in Manila. I think uh, later this week uh, for 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 a mini training camp. Um, their coach is Raiko Toroman, a Serbian guy who used to coach the Philippines. Uh, he was the coach that first. Led Iran to their, you know, their first uh, gold medal championship thing uh, in 2007. So they got a lot of good things going for them. They got a good naturalized player, Alex Legion, who is a who's a really nearly unstoppable scorer. So Jordan, I think, is a very dangerous team. And you know, if uh, if they're underestimated by Korea or China, Jordan might even you know finish at the top of Group C. Singapore, like. Like what you guys said earlier, they're going to be the, the whipping boys, the whopping boys, the whoppers <laughs> in this group. Uh, and based on what I've read about their preparations, they're having a very difficult time putting 10 men together in their, in their training sessions. Wow. So I don't think they're going to be at their best uh, when FIBA Asia begins. Well, I must say, uh, going back to Jordan, Zaid Abbas is one of the guys uh, for our listeners out there. He's one of my favorite people in Asian basketball or maybe all over the world basketball. He's, he is just so much fun to watch because um, when I used to live in China, he used to be the guy who would play for uh, a, a bottom three team and take him to the playoffs and then switch to another bottom three team and take him to the playoffs. Like, that was his job. <laughs> he, like, he, he's a straight-up beast like, in terms of he hustles harder than anyone else on the floor. So one of, one of the most fun guys to watch and... Um, he alone would make Jordan for me worth watching. Um, That's true. That's true. You were talking about Korea earlier, and I'd also like to mention Korea had, uh, and you probably know about this player, Enzo. Uh, they had this supreme prodigy child player, like who got in a nasty car accident, I think, a few years yes. ago. It basically yeah. robbed them of someone who could have been perhaps the greatest player of all time. That's true. Um, his name is Kim Ming Gu. Um, in 2013, when, when during the FIBA Asia Championships in Manila, he was actually named, uh, I guess, the best shooting guard in Asia. One of the part of the the All Star Five in that tournament, um, and a lot of people had high hopes for and him. He, and he was just 17 back then, right? How old was he when he won that award? Oh, he, actually, he was a little older. I think he was okay. 19 already back okay. then. But, but okay. he was, I think he maybe even 20. Uh, he entered the the KBL after. After that tournament, he was, uh, I think, one of the top two picks in the KBL rookie draft. And he had a good rookie season. Um, unfortunately, before his second season began, he he got into that unfortunate car accident that sidelined him for the whole season. And up until now, I don't think he's 100%. Um, so he's not going to be seeing any games for the national team. I think this year, definitely not. Maybe not even next year. So it's, it's too bad for, for someone. Pity, like him. Yeah. A lot of Filipino, a lot of Filipino fans also know him because in the game between the Philippines and Korea two years ago, he was the guy who really just you know shot the lights out uh, mm. in that game. And uh, a lot of people were wondering why isn't he in the roster this year for Korea? Isn't he like their best player? And if he were healthy, then he could be their their best player. That's true. But because of that accident, you know, he's he's not there. 
that's really unfortunate um but let's let's move on to group d which is like like you mentioned Enzo, group of death we have four teams yes. i think literally anybody can go through in any position in this group so uh, early in the episode we said that uh, this is episode number 17 so that's episode number jeremy lin there's this chinese type there's <laughs> there's uh, there's lebanon who make an entry back to fiba asia after god knows how long i think they they have to serve a ban if i'm not mistaken and uh, there's qatar who who can have who can have workarounds and have 15 Brazilians playing for them and <laughs> <laughs> that's true yes <laughs> and there's there's also Kazakhstan who who are almost like a european team the way they play the the way they're built the, i remember india playing them sometime ago probably a couple of editions ago but uh, it didn't strike me like they were, I, yeah, they they were a really good team at least they play in a very solid fundamental way and they're a big team so this is this is a really interesting group so and so what what's your take on group d and uh, if you had to put your money on three teams going through here what what would that be wow that that's a difficult question right there because like you said this is so so difficult to predict I mean, it's a group of death for a reason that reason is all four teams in this group are good enough to be in the top eight maybe even the top four of the entire field the entire tournament um i guess we can start with maybe um, Chinese Taipei, like you said, it's the seventeenth episode. Jeremy Lin, Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy Lin is part, you know, part Taiwanese. Um, Taipei, I think, has a good chance of advancing. Um, they're going to have a full complement of their best players in, in FIBA Asia. Um, they're going to have Quincy Davis back. They rested him for a big chunk of the the, the local league season this past year, so he's pretty healthy. They have uh, one guy coming up from their from their B team. His name is Liu Cheng. He was uh, the MVP of uh, of Taiwan's league, uh, couple, uh, I think, two years ago. Very good player. So it's a very very promising team. That one, um, I think, they have a good chance of making the top three in this team uh, in, the, in this group rather. Next, I want to talk about Kazakhstan. Uh, these guys surprised a lot of people when they finished in the top four in the Asian Games last year. And they did that without Jerry Johnson, their naturalized player. Um, um, they did that without some of the other veterans on, you know, that we usually see on the Kazakhstan team. And they're going to send a very good team this year. Jerry Johnson's back. Um, a couple of guys we should watch out for are um, the half Australian, half uh, Kazakhstan guy. His name's Anatoly Koleshnikov. He's about six foot six, six foot seven. He can play outside, inside. Very good player. Um, they have a lights-out shooter. His name is Pavel Ilin. Uh, can't miss him. Bleach blonde hair. Great <laughs> shooter from long range. Of course, you have the, the, their big guys. You have Anton Ponomarev, who's still there. Um, it's a very solid team. And I think they also have a good chance of, of making the top three. My third team, if I were going to pick a third team to, to advance, would be Lebanon. Um, with or without Fadi El Khatib, you know the legendary Lebanese player. I think they have a good chance of making it. Uh, they have a good young team, well, a good balance actually, uh, of youth and veteran guys on this team. Um, I'm picking them over Qatar because Qatar, I think, might be a little too over the over the hump already. Uh, I think many of their players uh, are in their early or mid 30s already. Of course, they're not going to have Yassin Musa, Yassim Ismail Musa, the super iconic Qatari player who started his FIBA Asia career in the mid-90s, played up until last year, and he was finally retired from FIBA Asia basketball. Without his leadership and his experience, I think Qatar might falter a little bit. Um, so there, I think Qatar will eventually be the odd man out. But I think all the games in this group should be close. It should be very, very tight. And, uh, uh, you know, I could actually be very wrong here. For all we know, Qatar might be the top team. That's how, how mm. open, how, how, you know, close these teams are in terms of their talent and skill level. It's a very difficult group to predict, Group D. Well, and the way the, the seeding system works is that the top three teams from, from each group are then going to go on in two groups of six called Groups E and F. Yep. And then, and 
and and their points carry on right to the next group and then the yes and their then, their then, wins carry on to the next group yes and then eventually and then, we're gonna get to the you know, basically the top basically, four from each of those groups go to the quarterfinals and that's, that's how we true, move on to an actual knockout an act- uh, stage yes. of the tournament that's actually the most critical portion of the tournament at least from my perspective uh, that you know that that crossover quarterfinals knockout round that's going to be maybe because if you lose in that round after that uh, even if you have not lost in any game yet before reaching that round you lose one game and you're out that's what happened to Iran in 2011 they swept their first six games they lost to Jordan in the quarterfinals and that simply knocked them out of contention for the championship so anything can happen and that's for me, that's the most critical part of the tournament, right there. I think I think that's the beauty of the tournament, uh, the fact that it becomes eventually it becomes wide open. You know, it's it's kind of hard to be uh, um, an underdog team that makes it to the quarterfinal, but once you're there, then it can then be can potentially yeah. wide open. So, Enzo, give us um, give us your prediction, give us a final prediction for the championship. Who who do you think will eventually emerge as champion? Oh, I'm still picking Iran. I mean. Uh, Filipinos might might shoot me for this. <laughs> but, uh, no, Jolly no more TV appearances. No more TV appearances. It's over. Okay, over. that's fine. As long as they don't they, they don't take away my San Miguel beer and my you know, chicken joy, <laughs> Jollibee and stuff. Um, yeah, Iran. I think is still the favorites here. Um, like what a bit, like what we've been saying, like what we know. They have great veterans. They have great continuity in their program. Iran has no weakness on paper. They have size. They have shooting. They have speed. They play great defense. They're fluid in offense. They're relentless on, on either side of the basketball court. So it's a very solid team. And it'll take, you know, any team, for any team to beat Iran, that team has to be on a good shooting day. And they have to catch Iran on a slightly bad day. Um, and... If that can happen, yeah, but I'm not willing to put my money on that happening. I think Iran is still the favorites to win. Uh, having said that, the top threats to Iran, I think, would be China. Because that team, given their size, is built to beat Iran. Yeah, mm-hmm. Again, you have like four seven-footers there. You have Yi Qianlian, you have Zhou Qi, you have um, Li Mu Hao, you have Wang Zhelin. Those four big guys are built to stop Hamed Haddadi. Um, they have some young guys also coming up from their Team B. Uh, they're all very hungry, very athletic young guys who are, you know, raring to prove themselves on the big stage. So I think China has a good chance of being the top threat to Iran. The Philippines also, I think, is a threat, but it all, it all hinges on how well Andre Blatch plays. I mean... If the thing with Andrea Blatch is yes, he's an NBA level talent, but in terms of his of his fitness, he's just not there right now. I mean, I, I saw this guy in Manila. I've been I've been seeing him the past few weeks, and he is he is he's fat. <laughs> For lack of better term, too much yeah. too, too much, much Jolly B, B. I think that's all, that's all oh, you got to say. Probably <laughs> um, he, he, his his form, his physique is. Is far from what he had in the World Cup last year. He was trimmed. He, he, was, he was incredible, trimmed. by the way, in the World Cup. He was just yeah, he a was, machine. Yeah, he was a machine. And now he might still be a machine, like an eating machine. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll see. Uh, but, but, you know, even if he's not in his best shape, I think he's still going to be a pretty tough guy to guard for a lot of Asian players. So I think if he's able to produce big games at the right time, then maybe the Philippines might might pull the rug from under Iran or China, um, but you know, um, Iran I think is still by far uh, the favorites to to win the whole thing, definitely. All right. Um, so Enzo, officially want to say thank you for joining us on this podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. We'll we'll probably get to do this. Again, maybe once the FIBA Asia tournament finishes or maybe another time when we just want to talk about random stuff like Jollibee and San Miguel and whatnot. Well, we have to talk about his ex-girlfriends, remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, no, no. 
Can, can, can as long as my wife listens to this podcast, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think any of our wives listen to our podcast. Like, we, we, we hear their stupid voices enough. We've done. Like. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you What's... guys. It's been a great pleasure to to be here and to talk to you guys. And of course, I love talking about Asian basketball. Uh, I can talk about that all day. So, so thank you very much for this opportunity. Thanks a lot, Enzo. Thanks for joining us. It's 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 like we've known each other on Twitter for a while, so it's great to actually, uh, you know, talk to you in in more in more detail than 140 characters. Yep. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's right. So uh, until maybe episode number 27 or something like that. That's uh, when we'll have Enzo back for to discuss each and one of his 27 ex-girlfriends. Huh? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I wish I had that many. I wouldn't mind having that many, but <laughs> nowhere near that number. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks Enzo. Thanks Kashik, thanks Karen. Thank you, you bye bye. Bye. Well, I want to again formally thanks Enzo Flozo uh from taking part for taking part in this in this podcast all the way from the Philippines. Um coming back to India a little bit, uh we just want to wish best of luck to the national team. They'll be heading to China very soon. The the FIBA Asia Championship is in this in this in Changsha. City of Changsha in Hunan Province, uh, and it tips off on uh, September 23rd. The final is on October 3rd. I, w- I will definitely be writing a preview to the tournament um, within a week or so. Hopefully, uh, we're still waiting for the final 12-man roster to be released. So just stay in touch with with with, with the with the podcast and with you know all, all the with with. With me and Kaushik on Twitter, we are always, you know, mentioning Indian basketball news, and and you guys will keep hearing about it. Absolutely, uh, that's a great way to segue on to our communications channels. So you can please reach us at. Uh, you can just search for at Hoop Darshan on on Facebook, Twitter. We're available to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, a variety of platforms. We're as popular as fried chicken is in <laughs> Philippines. As available as. You know, <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, until next time. Hopefully, we'll have uh, you know results from India's performance in the ABC, and um, I'm definitely hoping here that we do better than the women did. Well, I, I'm I'm hoping that India performs as optimistically as Enzo is for, about them. Oh, that's fantastic! What a what a note to leave on. <laughs> on that note, guys, until next week. Uh, hashtag India Basketball. <laughs>